Blog Talk Radio. This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. You're listening now to the Honest to God series with Anne Gail Rose and Ahanu. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome once more from beautiful Roundwood, Ireland, up in the Wicklow Hills. And the wind is blowing furiously out there, and the sky is cloudy as is normal in Ireland. Right, Ahanu? Well, not always the case. We were blessed to have one day of summer already, and that day was absolutely glorious. And I have to say it's been a long time since I saw such such furious work by the farmers to get all their round bales into the into the shelter before the next shower of rain. But they did it very, very successfully. Yes, and I have to tell our listeners, you were so cute out there watching them bale their hay and putting it into the piles. And, you know, you're just adorable when you do that. But we did go for a very long walk this morning in a very sacred place not far from here called Glendalock. And it is really... Uh, you know, a, a strong tourist attraction based on St. Kevin, who started a monastery there. But you and I actually remember it when it was a Celtic uh, pagan spot. And I do remember the first time you brought me there, I said, this is called the Valley of Peace. That's how I remembered it. So we're very fortunate, actually, to be where we are. But we do want to tell our listeners, if we do get disconnected at any point today during the show, it is because we're high in the hills. It is very windy today, and sometimes we do lose people temporarily. So if that happens, stay on the line, don't hang up, and we will get back on from this end. When Angel Rose speaks about Glendalock, she is speaking about a past life experience that she had the very first time that I brought her to the beautiful valley of Glendalock. And she was visibly stunned, not only by the beauty, but the And it is something that we're going to be speaking to our special guests today about is past lives. And we'll be speaking with Kathleen Ross and Harold Wright about Kathleen's new book, Bound by Destiny. But before we get to that, uh, we do want to mention to you about a program that we have coming up on the 8th of September called The Eight Steps to Freedom. And I have to introduce to you this concept because in, in a way it's it's surfacing for us now. And for the longest time, we thought that our sole contract was to teach others, to bring the light of knowledge to them, really, to convince people of the truth, in kind of that evangelical nature of us that was coming out, and to convert people from believing in, let's say, ego constructs, to move into a, a life of miracles. And now, of course, we know different. Now we operate in a no-effort-required way. It's a simple, open, easy, loving, peaceful way. And all people will find the truth wherever they are or, wherever they are, or whenever they are ready. So really, we found out that nobody will ever make a right decision in your wrong mind. And you'll never make a wrong decision in your right mind. 
So I'd like to invite people to listen to my lovely wife, Anger Rose, and I, as we introduce the Eight Steps to Freedom. And you can get to it by going to ahanu.com. That's A-H-O-N-U. That's my spiritual name, A-H-O-N-U.com, forward slash Eight Steps to Freedom. Now, that Eight Steps to Freedom is hyphenated. In other words, there's dashes between it. It's eight dash steps dash and so on. ahanu.com forward slash Eight Steps to Freedom. And uh, you know the topic of freedom, Mahano, is very close to both our hearts and uh, very close to the world's heart, actually, right now with so much going on in the world. So this program, it does need to be said, was uh, prompted by Spirit to you, actually, to offer this program for people. And it will be an eight-month course designed to explore what freedom is on many, many levels, from the spiritual down to the physical so uh, we hope you join us on that journey because it will be a journey um, that we will be embarking on. But Ahano, are you going to tell them about my book? I am always delighted to tell people about your book. And unfortunately, we do have to keep Kathleen Ross and Harold Wright waiting while I just expand upon this wonderful book that you're releasing in September. And it's called A Time of Change. And it's available for people to pre-order now at atimeofchange.info. That is all one word, atimeofchange.info. And what it is really, it's we're going to be talking about the subject of past lives and so on today. But Angel Rose actually delves into the Akashic Records. She's an Akashic Record reader. And in doing that, she very, very many times encounters past lives and people. But what we've been doing for the last couple of years is actually delving into the the what, what we call the Reishik Records. It's like the Universal Records. And in there, we've been finding such profound truths from spirit that we had to record them all. And out of those profound statements, we have put together this wonderful book that is being launched in September called A Time of Change.info. And it really is worth a read. It is absolutely fascinating about this time period we're in. And of course, pulling together all the past times that we have spent on this planet. So our guest today will be able to uh, expand on that story because Kathleen's story about uh, her past lives and her book Bound by Destiny knits very, very nicely into all of that. But more of that in a few moments. Okay, so I'm anxious to bring our guest on, Ahanu, because I came upon this book through a friend of Kathleen's and she sent me a copy and I have to tell you that I was spellbound by the book. I am somebody who does know about past lives, and Ahanu, you and I, uh, as a married couple, do have a similar journey as Hal and Kathleen do, um, being twin souls that we are. We we went through our own challenges, but I have to say that her vivid memory of her lifetimes and the repeated patterns that have occurred uh, through her memory and indeed the whole struggle that she and Hal had in choosing one another is, uh, you know, really my heart really was at times very intense, so intense that I would put the book down and have to go make a cup of tea or have to go do something else. So just so that I could absorb 
everything she was saying. And of course, being a woman, being a woman, Ahana, you know, there's times when we wanted to wring Hal's neck. But anyway, I think you should bring them on. Well, let me do the the formal introduction here. Kathy's story has been waiting to be told for many centuries. Through her 37-year practice of meditation, she's been able to remember over 20 of her past lives. And I say wow to that. At an advanced meditation course, she met a lawyer whom she recognized from a past life. Perhaps he was a liar at that time. Who knows? But because of their circumstances of being already married with children, they couldn't easily choose to be together. This mirrored many past lives where they were faced with similar obstacles. Although her story is a love story, it's also a story of spiritual transformation, seeing a much larger picture than just the here and now, and also having the courage to choose an authentic life against the odds. Now, this book called Bound by Destiny is part memoir and part spiritual essay. It's first and foremost, of course, a love story in an alternating chapter format. And Kathleen Ross takes us upon an extraordinary journey of discovery, weaving a present life search for happiness and love with detailed accounts of lives lived before. Incredibly, issues left unresolved in past lives resurface in subsequent lives in a continuum towards resolution. With a broad arc, Bound by Destiny addresses many of the perennial questions posed by any seeker of ultimate truth. Do we live more than once? Why do I love this person? Why must I suffer as I do? So Kathleen's story, told with unflinching honesty, sheds light on these fundamental questions. Her journey is everyone's journey. It's a love story that has been destined for all time. So Kathleen and Hal, are you there? Yes. Hello. Can you hear us? (laughs) We can. Can you hear us? Yes. Very well, yes. Very well. Well, welcome, welcome to our show. You certainly have me in an emotional turmoil over the past week reading this book. <laughs> I, I'm, sure, I'm not sure what to say, whether it's that thank you or... <laughs> but it, um, it, it was uh, spellbinding, very intriguing, and very uh, real, actually, I do have to say, um, because I am somebody and the listeners who would be listening to this show would be probably very familiar with past lifetimes so we can speak very candidly here, which I'm very grateful for. But first, uh, you know, tell us, the two of you, you know, you've been married, what, 15 years now? Yes. 15 years. We just celebrated our 15th wedding anniversary a couple of days ago. Uh, Well, congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) After reading that book, everybody's going to want to know, are they still together? (laughs) Yes, I hear that a lot. (laughs) But we are. Yeah, for people who um, meet soulmates, and I, you know, being a reader, I do encounter many people who are soulmates or even twin flames meeting during this time period. And uh, I, I do get to witness the struggles and the choices that they have to go through. So could you both mm-hmm. of you just backtrack a little, um, if you could, and give our listeners who haven't read your book a, a brief history of the two of you, if you can, if you can do that. Uh, the history of uh, before we met or uh, when we met. <laughs> oh. Well, how about let's start from uh, when you met, and you were at was it a transcendental meditation? 
Copy. Yes, we were at a transcendental meditation retreat, and um, I, just before that, I had been to a past life regression session, which is the first chapter in the book, and uh, and that's what opened the door to my memories. And uh, and I had been meditating for several years before that, so um, it just naturally came about in my meditations. And I talk about that in the book, about um, things called the cities, which are advanced practices of meditation, and past life recall is one of them. So I was just naturally starting to recall my lifetimes after that. And uh, so when I was at the meditation, advanced meditation course, I had remembered a past life with Hal, whom I had driven to the course with and didn't really know before then at all. So, uh, but we had this kind of instant recognition and uh, after a while of, of speaking with each other, it seemed to be on a very deep level. Like we resonated on a much deeper level than just the surface. So um, so that's how it started. <laughs> and what brought Hal, Hal, what brought you to the meditation course? Well, I was... Um... You know, I've always been a seeker, I guess. I mean, what most of us are. I mean, I think that's in our nature to try and understand our lives and our purpose in life. And so I was sort of on that solitary journey. My first wife was very much close to that sort of investigation. So it was one of the uh, separating points in our in our relationship. And, of course, as part of that journey, I went on this uh um, two-week course, and that's when I um, became connected with Kathy, and so it's been uh, quite, uh, quite it was uh, quite a journey, and it was, as the book describes, a very difficult journey at that point in time, knowing what the right, right thing to do is. So right, mm-hmm. and it seems to me in the book that uh, well, you both had your struggles, obviously, which which we do want to go into with our listeners because, like I say, I do encounter couples who this is happening to and it seems like it's never easy really the the choice for that type of love uh, always seems to have challenges in it but I'm going to let Ahanu comment also because he he did um, also go into transcendental meditation and he is a a, how do you pronounce it a siddha okay so hang on okay yeah, this was something that I found fascinating with your story because, as, mm-hmm. as Angel was mentioned, there are so many parallels with, with us. It, it, we were reflected in your book at every twist and turn. And, of course, one of them was mm-hmm. the fact that I'm a practicing TM City myself. And mm-hmm. interestingly enough, to go back even further, coming from Ireland, there are many signs on, on the uh, in the countryside for place names like Labanasida, for example, and what it means is the bed or the sleeping place of the fairies. And Sida, Sida, Sida is the Irish word for those with extraordinary powers. Right. So, isn't that interesting? The, yeah. yeah, isn't that very interesting that it would be tied into that Sanskrit word Sida? So it's mm-hmm. those who meditate will have the ability to be able to have these 
uh, extraordinary um, powers. Now, one of the things that I did encounter in my own experience that I resonated with you, Hal, was the very fact that when one person in a relationship is growing spiritually or is practicing some form of meditation and the other isn't, then it's a sure sign there's going to be some difficulties down the road. And I think lots and lots of people are encountering that in their relationships right now. And it certainly happened with me. My first wife and I had the same difficulty where we realized that we were pursuing different spiritual paths, which ultimately led to divorce. But that is the way it happens. And I believe that in the TM movement, the, the, the amount of uh, the divorce rate apparently is just, is just off the yeah. record. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, that's it's so, unfortunate, and, and that's quite true. Relationships yeah. are always a mirror. So the people we choose to be with mirror um, our our state of consciousness. I guess we could put it that yeah. way. So, so when you move on, that mirror is no longer there, and so then you move on to a new partner. And we shouldn't. Yes. I mean, I appreciate that there's practical reasons to stay in relationship for children and and finances and all of those sorts of details, but. But ultimately, we're on a spiritual journey, and so we have to honor ourselves. And I think that's one of the underlying messages of the book, of course, is to be true to yourself. Um, yes, absolutely. And pursue that. Yeah. Now, Very it, much. it seems that it, it, it appears from the way that Kathleen has woven the story that it, it took some time for you to get that message. Am I correct in saying that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, very much so. You see, I mean... I mean, although I could say I was on this sort of course to to expand my spirituality, I was, uh, and I still very much am grounded in, so to speak, the real world, if we can put it that way. I still practice law. I still have a legal practice, etc. So, um, and that's the sort of the journey of the book stories is try to trying to sort out sort of this inner calling or this inner feeling versus all the cues you receive from the external world. The external world often will will present you exactly the opposite thing that's going on on the inside. And so that was the struggle that the book sort of highlights for both of us, I think. Yeah, yes, you know, and, and, yeah, and like I mentioned, Hal, you know, being a woman reading that book, seeing <laughs> 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 that it took you so long, I mean, there were times where I felt like I was in a soap opera and I'm like, oh, no, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but as you but, see there... Um, you know the the present life reflects the past lives, and there have been so many lives where we had been in similar situations where we just couldn't choose to be together, whether it was you know illness or society or whatever um and even this time, you know Hal had four little children, and he was a very dutiful person and so, um, you know, at, at the time, I didn't understand it <laughs> because I just wanted him to be with me. But um, I do understand it now because I've been able to uh, put the pieces of the puzzle together. And that's what's so great about uh, being able to remember your past lives because it helps you to figure out what's going on in this lifetime. Yes. Now, we asked you to go back in time to when you met Hal uh, this lifetime, mm-hmm. but can you, now for the benefit of our listeners, go go way back to 
to when you started remembering these past lives and you know even to that if you can to that first past life and how you began to stitch the relationship together how you began to realize that you were actually looking at past lives in the first place can you can you can you explain that to us and to our listeners yes um actually i had flashes of past lives even as a child and uh and they seem to have a different quality like they seem you know not just daydreams or or you know memories from yesterday or um this lifetime they seem to have a, a different quality of light and they they had an emotional resonance as well and uh the first one that i recall is the one of me uh being in russia in a, a mental institution where I was in a straitjacket, and uh, that was such a horrific experience that I actually did have flashes of that as a child, and I had no idea, you know, what it was about or where it came from or why I would be having these strange visions. And uh, but then, as time went on, I realized that that uh, just on an intuitive level that. Uh, it must be a past life. And so I got really curious and uh, really wanted to read as much about it as I could. And then when I started TM in, um, when I was 20, uh, that's when the experiences became clearer and they would come up in my meditations. All right. Let's, let's just finish that too, though. Mm-hmm. So the story was that Kathy was a patient in a mental institution in Russia, in 19th century Russia, and she has epilepsy rather than actual mental illness. But at the time, they didn't distinguish between the two. So, and I was her attending physician, so I'm her doctor, and we have an affair, a doctor-patient affair. We actually have a love affair, um, but we're prevented from being together by virtue of that circumstance. And so there's an example of us having a, a forbidden relationship in that lifetime, which, again, carried forward into this lifetime, another forbidden relationship. So, Hal, did you have the same memories as Kathleen? I mean, when she would tell you about the lifetimes, did you have did it spark memory for you also, or did that come later, or at what point well, that came did later. you start to remember? Um, it came later. Um that came later, and, and what I came to realize is that is that the past life memory um, thing is not as difficult as we actually want to make it out to be. I mean, Kathy is naturally open. I would not say that I'm in the same category as Kathy in that sense. But you can, through regressions, or we would simply, after our, our meditation of the day, we would lie together, and we would just drift, and we could piece these things together. So... The first couple of years we were together, we were actually piecing together these stories. Um, Kathy would usually lead, but I could remember them as well, and they would resonate with you. I mean, memory is is such an elusive thing if you think about it. It's um, you know, it's we use our intellect to say, "Oh yes, that's right. I remember what I did when I was five. But if you didn't have the intellect doing that check, you know, you can actually remember things past this particular lifetime. It's not that hard. Mm-hmm. And do you think it's necessary for people to remember their past lives in order to be able to understand what's going on now? I believe so. Uh, I think it just 
gives you a much bigger picture of what's going on. Like I don't think I think actually as far as issues are concerned, they're going to come up anyway. You know, in one form or another as you evolve and mm-hmm. as you um you know, as your consciousness is raised. But uh the thing about uh remembering past lives, and I think you remember them when you're ready, like cuz there are people that have tried and don't get anywhere, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's where they're at. But um I think for me, it happened because I was ready to to see the past lives and to be able to understand what they meant to me. And sure. uh I really feel that it helped uh me understand a lot about what was going on in my life. Yes. Well, let yeah. me ask you let me ask you this question how um because I'm trying to understand how in all of those lifetimes that are mentioned in Kathleen's book, you know, where you were a, a king, a, a chieftain, a leader, a doctor, a rabbi, or whatever it was that you were in those times, <laughs> how, how does that, you know, but you always seemed to be somebody who held power over her. How do you think that that has contributed to you being a lawyer in this lifetime? Well, it's, you know, it's an interesting question whether, I mean, I think we choose... I mean, my understanding of it, of of how this works, is that we choose our lifetime between lives, and so we get to choose um, what career or whether we're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or whatever. And so, I mean, those, I mean, I I personally have, aside from the the context of the book, I personally have certain issues that I'm working on, and they they actually there's context provided by that past life history. I can actually see, I mean, why I have had the route I have. I mean, some of my personal issues, I don't know, we need to get into them, but deal with, you know, issues in pursuing meaning and um, the purpose of our actual endeavors on this planet, um, why we do those things, whether we need them, etc. So I can actually find a thread on my personal journey as to to exactly the struggles that I'm still working on at the present time based on, you know, the different things that happened. Let me let me ask the two of you just as an opinion question. Why do you think we forget our lifetimes? Because there are beliefs that say that that's done on purpose, and I Absolutely. never really felt that was entirely true. So what's your take on it? I believe that uh, many of your past lives are very traumatic. And, I, and if we come here in this lifetime with all those traumatic memories, I mean, we have enough to deal with, I think, and we would be flooded with with a lot of these negative thoughts. So I I do think, and that's what what I was saying before, that that maybe you won't remember those lifetimes until you're ready to deal with what they, uh, you know, what they are. Yeah, what they contain. Yeah, that's right. How about you, Anne? What do you think? Well, I mean, I agree with what Kathy just said. Is that there's a reason why we don't remember? It's because we we don't we're not ready to process some of the stuff that emanates from those lifetimes. So there's two parts to this. One is, first of all, accepting sort of on a theoretical level that there is such a thing as past lives. And I think that if you can get to that stage, and I'm sure most of your audience is at that stage, or they wouldn't be listening to this program. Um, if you get to that stage, that gives you a much broader context to understand your life circumstances because you realize 
why you have attractions to people and you're in these situations and they seem confusing why they're there. Well, you're there because you're learning something and it's probably, you know, you take it so far in one lifetime and you pick it up in the next lifetime and carry it a little further until it gets resolved. And that's sort of what the book highlights. So there's that first part where you're agreeing as a sort of a worldview perspective that, yes, um, there is such a thing as past lives, and I've had other past lives, and I'll probably have future future lives. And then there's the next stage where you actually can remember your own, and I think that's when you get to that, as Kathy says, when you get to the stage that you're ready to learn or to remember, you do. And then you can actually use that whole process to further your evolution and get through the things you need to get through. So let me let me ask you, Hal, too, for the sake of our listeners, being such a, a very practical man in the 3D <laughs> world with 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 the uh, have it all, you know, family, business, children. When Kathy first uh, started telling you about the lifetimes, you know, what kind of a transition was that for you to be so grounded in the 3D world to switch over to entertaining the whole concept? Well, it was quite a transformation. I mean, I was so grounded. I mean, I uh, literally, I had, I mean, that's and that's actually sort of documented in the book. You know, I hadn't read any new age, so-called, if we can call it new age literature or, or any of that sort of stuff. I was sort of more grounded in theology and philosophy rather than new age. So Kathy was a real catalyst in in helping me sort of expand things on an experiential level rather than just a thinking level. I tend, as a man, and a lot of people like this, we live in our heads. And so when you get into the past life thing, particularly if you're remembering them, it's more of an experiential thing. And it's, So there's more heart value than head value, and, and that's been a huge growth area for me in, in hooking up with Kathy. Mm-hmm. Now, our, you're listening to... Angel Rose and Ahanu on the Honest to God series. If any of our guests would like to call in, it's 805-292-0349. And we're speaking with uh, Kathleen Ross and Harold Wright about her new book called Bound by Destiny. And we spoke a little while ago about the practice of TM. And you mentioned... Uh, both of you, that you found that uh, an important precursor to be able to remember these past lives. Do you think it's necessary for everybody or anybody to practice some form of meditation in order to be able to encounter these past lives? I think that it does help because it opens you more to that realm. And uh, it just, for me, it wasn't just the past life experience but uh, many other experiences that I had that opened me up psychically, spiritually. Um, there's just so many benefits that, uh, you know, I can't... I, As I said before, I started when I was 20, and I actually haven't missed a day of meditation um, in 37 years. So, <laughs> so it's uh, It's pretty commendable, all right. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I mean, my view of the practice of meditation is it's important. I mean, people should be doing what they can to refine their physiology. I mean, there's a relationship between our our experience of consciousness and the state of our physiology. So, meditation is one of the things we can do. 
you know, our diet is another thing we can do. So whatever we can do to sort of elevate or refine ourselves is usually going to be useful. Right, I agree with that, all right, except I just can't give up the cookies sometimes. <laughs> well, neither, <laughs> neither can I, I can tell you that. <laughs> okay, I, I really a little problem like to, I have to. Yes, I know, and it's that and chocolate, and uh, even though Ahana <laughs> claims he doesn't like chocolate, he'll sneak the Cadbury candy bar when I'm not looking. Okay. <laughs> okay, so... um. Let's see, there's a number of things we could talk to you about, but let's get off the subject only for a moment and talk about Ezekiel. Ezekiel mm-hmm. is begins uh, each chapter of your book, and mm-hmm. I must say that when I read those um, paragraphs from Ezekiel, I thought they were profoundly clear, and I did find myself wondering uh, who is this person, entity, who's speaking to you. So could you talk to us about Ezekiel? Yes, I... I actually view him as my spirit guide, and uh, and he. I started communicating with him. Um, I think I probably communicated with him all along, but I didn't know what it was or who it was. And then he kind of identified himself through automatic writing. Um, when before I wrote the book, of course, and. Uh, it's just, it's just. Uh, you could call I call them angel messages, I guess. So it's it's messages from a higher source, and uh, and they're really beautiful. I really, and I know that they're not from me. I know that that they're from a higher source, that on a higher vibration than I am. So uh, that's uh, as well as I can explain it. Okay, well, let, let me, for the benefit of our listeners, read one of the passages from okay. Ezekiel. And it's from the chapter, An Eye for an Eye. Just bear with me a second while I put my glasses on. Mm-hmm. Okay, he says, or, is it a he? Yes. Yeah, good question. It is, okay. The life <laughs> plan the life plan is a blueprint that is decided upon by members of the karmic group while on the astral plane. When you leave your earthly shell and pass into this plane, you review everything that transpired in that lifetime and you decide if you learned the lessons you had set out to learn or if you need some time on the astral plane to gain rest and insight. This altruism is acceptable because it is genuine in its endeavor to give unconditionally. All you can do is follow your plan, follow in your heart what you feel to be true, give of your love freely and without restriction, be a pillar of strength to show others it is possible. It's only when the way is mired in ignorance that we experience suffering. Yes, and I, that leads me to ask you both this question in terms of, uh, you know, the title of your book is called Bound by Destiny. And certainly when we read uh this book, which I hope everybody will pick up a copy who's listening because it's absolutely a beautifully, very uh, profound written book. But, you know, it seems obvious that you and Hal both contracted before you came in to meet each other again. So, Mm -hmm. but yet there is also an element of free will throughout each lifetime where the challenge to make the choices is apparent. So can you talk to our listeners about 
the difference between destiny and free will and how do they both interact with each other through lifetimes? How? I'm tackling that one. <laughs> wow, you know, I mean, the old free will destiny thing is 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 the, one of the conundrums, philosophical conundrums there is. Um, for those that are involved in astrology, and certainly one of my hobbies is Eastern astrology, it's very tempting to move to a position that, in fact, it's it's all determined. Um, but having said that, so I think the answer is is that it's 100% determined and it's also 100% free will um, in the sense that we have a choice. And so we have choices um, throughout our life. I mean, that's the essential crux of the book is what, what will this dithering um, man do that's what gives the romantic tension to the book, I guess, is what will we do? Um, he has a choice. I had a choice. And they know that, you know, and our choices do define our future. Our, certainly our future karma will be defined by the choices we make today. So, um, but having said that, so we have free choice, but it's also there is a destiny. So some people take this sort of middle point where there's certain points of, of your life are destined and then the, the middle part is determined by your free will. I don't personally subscribe to that. I think it's all destined, but I also think we have free will in each and every moment. So it's kind of a cop-out, I guess. Um, my my opinion is a little bit different. I believe that we have a, a blueprint for our life and that everything we experience in this lifetime is a result of past life karma. So we have created this life by our actions in past lives. So then... Uh, we the free will comes in with awareness. Like once we are aware of our actions, then we are able to make choices. We are able to manifest our destiny. So it's a, I see it a little bit differently. So some things in your life are totally destined by your past life karma, and uh, some can be changed by our awareness. Okay, so so having said that, I guess I can't entirely blame Hal, can I? Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> no, it actually it actually is a serious question to you, Kathy, though, because obviously, you know, when you do read the book, uh, it's obvious that you're more willing to have the relationship much sooner than Hal, even though he was in the relationship. But in terms of actually deciding for it, it seemed to take him longer. But understanding uh-huh. the, the law of cause and effect and actually looking at all of your lifetimes and how you always ended up on the underside, what do uh-huh. you think was your main lesson in this also as a contributing factor to the entire decision? Yes, I think uh, my issue was definitely self-worth and uh, I needed to learn empowerment when I left my first husband, it was an empowered decision, and it really helped me move forward in my life. But with Hal, he was still very much engaged with his uh, wife at the time, and uh, he was still grieving the process when he left her. So it took him like two years even after we were together to grieve that separation, where I had already done that within the marriage. So, uh, you know, it was a learning experience for both of us in different ways. Mm -hmm. 
Now, it's a fascinating read, I have to say, Bound by Destiny by Kathleen Ross. And one of the gripping uh, past life stories in there is of the Egyptian queen and the slave boy. Now, in that story, you really do get into some mature themes like adultery and incest Mm -hmm. and all kinds of goodies. And you Mm -hmm. write them in such a way that you feel you're actually there. How do you? I, I know you feel that that was necessary, but how much of that is actually um, fact, and how much of it is fiction? Yes, that that was um, one of the, or that's a question that I, I get asked quite a bit. Um, I felt that uh, I needed to enhance the stories a little bit with extra dialogue and description just uh, to make them more readable. So the actual memories were real. The, you know, the experiences were real. But uh, I did make them more into a story so they would be readable. So I'm not sure whether that's fictionalizing it or whether it's just enhancing it. But um, I felt that uh, it would be more of a story and people more readable for the for people that were reading the book um, to do that. So that's why I did it that way. Because I find that that a lot of these books about past lives are like clinical studies, where they're just uh, you know word for word kind of. Uh, and they're they're kind of dry. We're fading in and out, everybody. So just uh, don't hang up, everybody. Continue to uh, be there, okay? We can't hear you right now, Kathleen, but we'll okay. come back in a minute. Okay, now we got you. Go ahead. Okay, can you hear me now? Yeah, no problem. Go so, ahead. Okay, so uh, I was just saying that um, you know I I some of the do-it-yourself books or the um, you know, word-for-word books on on reincarnation and past lives are kind of dry to read. And uh, so that's why I made these stories more readable. I I do have to tell you, reading it, it took me a bit to realize what you were doing. It took maybe two Mm -hmm. or three lifetimes for me to okay, this is the pattern. Um, And there were times Mm -hmm. because, you know, you would leave a chapter with Hal at, at such a cliffhanger, and then you'd go into the, a past life, and I'd be like, "No, I want to know <laughs> what are you going to do. I don't want to read about another life." <laughs> but but I I do make the point, um, you know, and I do see how long. I mean, actually, I think the most important thing I got out of that. Hello. Same choice over and over, and how many times it didn't happen. And certainly I know that that's probably true of a lot of people with past life karma who don't really understand what the choice is and what the test is, actually. Okay, so, but I just want to say that that, uh, Ahanu and I went through that test as well. And um, I was very fortunate that at the time we were both uh, already divorced 
But still, when you speak of the grief, and I do want to talk about that a little bit because I'm very interested to know how your relationships with your children panned out, how, you know, you, you mentioned on your blog, on your website, that you still go through challenges, that you really went through a lot of flack from family and friends uh, when you did make the decision. So can you, both of you talk about that? And the reason I'm interested in it is because uh, certainly Ahana went through that grief with his children, and I think it's important for people to understand. So could you talk to us about that? Yeah, I think with me, uh, my ex-husband, uh, he took on a fair amount of the responsibility, when, or at least 50-50 when it came to the split-up. And uh, so he didn't alienate the children. And they were older, too. Like, my youngest was 11, and uh, I had three boys. And uh, they they weren't, they didn't blame Hal for the breakup, whereas with Hal's kids, they were alienated, and um, and I was the one to blame for it. So, and, um, so Hal could talk more on that. Well, the... Um the outfall of the uh, decision for Kathy and I to be together was actually quite difficult. In, the, in all of the traditional ways, went through a very difficult divorce, um, very angry on the other side, um, custody things, all, all of the standard things that people have to go through when they get divorced. I went through it in spades, you know, with mediators to try and help us with the kids, all that sort of thing. Um, at the end of the day, my ex-wife was very bitter about the breakup and still is to this day so we've we've had to navigate that in our family life and it has not been easy i can't say to anyone that it's been an easy transition but one of the reasons we actually decided to finally publish the book was to present sort of a broader a broader side to these real life circumstances that happened because there's tends to be a certain sort of traditional conformist perspective on, you know, men that leave their wives for for another woman, you know, and the, the guy, he takes the full hit, you know, how, everybody judges him, you know, how could you do that, you know, et cetera, et cetera, you, you had a wife and kids and, and you left and how could you do that? And so like this book says, well, there is actually a broader context that you can actually look at this, this life circumstance in and, uh, um, and here it is. So if you look at it from the perspective of your spiritual growth, maybe, you know, leaving your wife and kids isn't necessarily the wrong decision. But it'll take a lot of people, to some people that'll be a very novel idea. Maybe not your audience because they're ready to hear it, but um, certainly some mm-hmm. of the people we read, some people can't read it. I mean, they literally yeah. cannot handle the perspective it presents. It's just too yes. far out for well, them. It certainly has been our experience that few enough people are ready for the truth and few enough people mm. are willing to tackle any kind of self-mastery, let alone the, the, the fun trips that you guys have had going back through past lives. Now, you're listening to the Honest to God series with Ange Rose and Ahanu, and our special guests today are Kathleen Ross and Harold Wright. And Kathleen is the author of this fascinating book about past lives, uh, past life journey to the Hello. So we lost him again. 
So we're just supposed to stay on the line till they come back. We have lost them through technical difficulties. Yeah. Are we supposed to stay on? Should we stay on? Yeah, she said to stay on till they get back. Yeah, stay on. We're back. Oh, okay. okay. Sorry Good. about that. And Kathy, yeah, did okay. you hear Ahana's question? No. No. Uh, okay. So hang. Okay, I was I was saying that uh, in your book. Actually, I was just reminding our listeners that you're listening to the Honest to God series with Angel Rose and Ahanu, and we're speaking with Kathleen Ross and Harold Wright, and we're speaking about Kathleen's new book called Bound by Destiny. And the question was that in the book you appear to have covered about 20 lifetimes, each one fascinating story in its own right. But do you think that it's, do you think there are more past lives now for you to uncover? Or have you dealt with the particular issues that needed to be dealt with and learned the lessons that needed to be learned arising from those particular 20? Actually, since then, I have probably remembered a few more. So, And they come up when I, they're relevant to my present life. Um, I haven't really encountered that many more that like the issues are pretty basic right? and uh and I've become aware of of what the issues are and uh so I don't know if it's necessary to remember that that many more but I'm sure there are even more that I could remember uh so it's um it's interesting I I do still remember them. Most of the ones I remember now actually are ones that that uh, I've had uh, very spiritual experiences and uh, as like as a shaman or um, a monk or those kind things, ones that remind me of my spiritual self which is, are very validating. That's Thank you for that. And, Hal, um, I do want to know uh, from you also, you know, because there's a lot uh, in here, really the messages about being true to yourself and to make a choice for your true nature. So maybe could the both of you talk to us a little bit about how important that choice is, especially in light of your your past lives and in light of the fact that um, – you know, neither one of you could actually be entirely true to yourselves in those lifetimes. So do you think that until we get that, till we get the whole uh, idea of being true to ourselves despite the outer world, uh, do you think that's a major point that every person on a spiritual journey keeps encountering through lifetimes until until they get it? Well, very much so. I think that's the overall arc of the book is that 
that things you know you'll get so far and if you if you duck it because a lot of people just pretend you know i mean that's the underlying theme is what's the point in pretending about your life so we have you know and we all have acquaintances where they're in unhappy marriages for example but they pretend to be in happy marriages because it's it's easier or they think that's what they're supposed to do is that you know i'll put all the pieces together on the outside and and pretend to actually be having a happy fulfilling life when really it's hollow on the inside so um you know you need to realize that that's not where it's at is is making the external pieces fit it's where it's at is making the internal pieces fit which is again being true to yourself yeah i totally agree with that i think uh, choosing to be true to yourself is a huge huge thing because uh obviously it takes lifetimes <laughs> to be able to realize that and uh and once we did that even though we had the challenges uh, you know i think as long as you're on this relative earth you're going to have these challenges uh i heard someone say that this is a suffering planet and so no matter you know it's part of the experience of being human so i i really believe that uh being able to choose being able to choose or even being aware of the truth like being aware of the truth is is a biggie because some people just don't have that awareness and and if you don't have that awareness you don't you can't make that choice for truth or for yourself yeah and just to go back to this this point about about what happened after the fact is that i mean the book is told sort of as this love story but i mean the sequel of the book actually no one would want to read it because it was a very difficult period of transition after we'd made the decision to be together i mean it was like i say in the full sense of the word i very naively actually thought because i hooked up with with uh, Kathy and she was speaking to her spirit guides that everything would be really easy and we would just flow into a whole new life and we did flow into a new life but there were very many very difficult life challenges with my children with my career um those sorts of things it was um a very very actually difficult time after we chose to be together yes we i uh, yeah i encountered that myself uh, we have, we, That's we right. We don't need to focus on that negative, do we? But, but <laughs> no, you but... know, often, often, like you say, people have this idea that that if they get connected with their past lives, or that there's some sort of shortcut. I think often people, and I was like that. I wanted a shortcut. Well, okay, I'm going to do this now, and everything is going to be wonderful. It's like. You know, a lot of people will be familiar with the notion of the secret, and we're going to manifest our wealth, and we're going to manifest. Well, I mean, there, there's a truth to that, you know, to those sorts of philosophies, but there's also another side to it where we're here to do some work, and we have to work through things. Hello, do we lose them again? <laughs> yeah. And we're back, and we apologize once again to our That's guests okay. and our listeners for 
for our technical difficulties, which we do encounter from time to time up here in the hills. Um, are you still there with us? Yes. Yes, I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. I was thank talking goodness. and I don't know what you heard, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know what I heard, but I, I actually do have another question, and you may have answered it while we were off that I just didn't hear. But, you know, we talked a lot about following your true self and following your true nature. So obviously there was a huge difference in both of your first marriages as opposed to the type of connection that the two of you have. So I hate to use the word false and true, but because I know that every relationship does have its value, but could you give our listeners some indicators as how you know that you're in a relationship that may not be based, you know, on the truest love as opposed to one that is. Because I, the reason for the question is in the book, uh, it, you know, Hal, you were very much confused at times about, you know, what the calling was. Was the calling to stay, you know, with your first wife in the duty or was it to go with this uh, higher love. So can you talk to us about that and how you realized what was the right choice? Go ahead, Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> she was asking you. <laughs> um, well, my, with my first husband, as you read in the book, uh, I knew from the day I married him that it, he, it wasn't the right connection. Like, uh, But... I don't know. I felt like I had chosen this relationship for a reason, that I had to follow through with it and have these children with him. And uh, But I knew on a soul level that uh, he wasn't my true love. And uh, we were compatible, but it just wasn't there on a very deep level. So so then I when I met Hal... I recognized him. At first, I didn't. It didn't twig, but once I started talking to him, I realized that this was something really special and really spiritual. Whereas the first relationship never was. I don't think. I think you know on an intuitive level um, whether that person is. Uh, is you're made on a soul level. Like, I think you you know. And uh, so it's what you do at that point, you know. Um, you know, a lot of people choose to be together for a lot of reasons, you know, because they're lonely, because they want a partner, because they want children. and But it might not be for the love reason or the soul reason. I, I actually agree with what Kathy said. I think you know, when I mean, you don't know, you think you know when you start a relationship with someone, um, but you reflect back on it after your further experience and you realize that there were all kinds of other motives that were that were influencing you in making a decision to be together. And, of course, once you're together with someone, then it has its, the relationship has its own momentum and you're there and all kinds of things like buying a house together, having children together, all of those things start to fill it in. But, you know, it goes right back to the beginning when you decide, you know, should I be with this person or shouldn't I be this person? And sometimes you're influenced by by things that 
in hindsight, you think, why, why did I do that? You know, you're there because, and I could tell you, I mean, I'm not going to go through it here, um, all of the things with my first wife, why I, why I decided to be with her, but I can certainly pin them down now and say, yep, that was, you know, I did that for that reason, that reason. And it wasn't because I truly loved her. Um, not that she wasn't a lovable person and, um, and other people can't love her or certainly your children love her, etc. But, um, it was always from the very beginning. It's not like the relationship changed. It was always the wrong relationship from day one. No doubt about it. Okay. And so well, people. Let me ask you. Yeah, sorry. Let me ask you a, a legal question, um, Harold. <laughs> you know, you, you speak. You, you both of you speak very frankly in the book about those first husbands and first wives. What do they think of your book? I mean, do, do they agree I don't or know disagree? If they read or, it. or can they? Pardon? I don't know if they've read it. We don't know if they've read it. (laughs) We haven't sent it to them yet. (laughs) We don't communicate with them. I mean, certainly, I'm pretty sure that um, my former wife would not agree with many of the comments I'm making. But, you know, we were, even even at the time that the book was written, which is now 15 years ago, we were in completely different places in terms of our worldview. I mean, how we saw the world operating. Um... Or was completely different places, so so that wouldn't have changed since then. So, you know. Okay. Now here's here's another question that I found myself fascinated with in in reading your book, and that was that in each of the lifetimes that you were going through, and the unfolding drama in each one of them, the names of the individuals appeared to be very similar. They were different but very similar throughout each of those lifetimes and they're similar to your current names now Kathleen and Harold so was that intentional or or, or was that part of the, the fictional license that you were using yeah i i decided to um start the names with the letter of my present name just so that people could follow the characters I, um, so they know who I was talking about in the past life. So those names are are fictional. So yeah, that was just a literary device. Yeah, because I I one of the editors had commented that they didn't know who was who, and and you know roles change. They did do that. Yeah. So yeah. So tell us uh, right now then, you know you you mentioned that you still have challenges today. So could you talk to us about some of the challenges that are ongoing? Because I do think people have a view that soulmate connections are happily ever after connections. Mm-hmm. I Well, that's the thing. Like I was saying before, that uh, as long as we're on the earth and having a human experience, we're until we reach enlightenment and stop reincarnating, we're going to be working through our karma. And that's going to be presented to us in different ways. And and I think that maybe this lifetime, and I've been told this by uh, um, different astrologers, that I've taken on a lot in this lifetime because I want to shorten my cycles, my reincarnation cycles. So I may only have one or two more lifetimes to live, so I want to get it all done in this lifetime. So So that means revving it up, like taking on as much stuff as you can to work through, learn your lessons, and uh, and raise your consciousness so that you won't have to come back. 
Right. And I do th- I do think that's an important point to to really reiterate the whole idea of self responsibility in the fact that every individual is on their own personal spiritual journey. And I know uh for a fact for Ahanu and I in our relationship, uh the challenges that you know we've had since then as well. But I, I think it does need to be said to people that there there is no other person that if you meet them magically everything is just blissful and everything works and you know la 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 off into right. the sunset okay right and exactly. yeah because yeah because self mastery is such a personal journey um mm-hmm. you know so the whole idea of um personal karma can you can you tell us both of you some of the questions that you may ask yourself in terms of being able to recognize what your karma is? Because I, I would imagine that people would say, how do you know what you're working through? How do you know what you're you're being confronted with? Well, you'll always have, I mean, you know, most people have a challenge on their plate at some point in time, whether it's dealing with their mother or or dealing with their spouse or, you know, a work issue or something like that. So, you know, all of our problems or our challenges are, as we say, is a, are an opportunity for our growth and an opportunity to work through our karma. So, I mean, we're, our current challenges, Kathy has some health challenges right now that we're, um, are significantly taking up some of our time right now. I still have challenges in my work trying to figure out how to improve the legal system uh, and stay engaged in the legal system when I don't really... Um, have a strong sense that it's it's very enlightened, I guess, and whether it's whether there's any point in trying to change it, trying to change it from within or from without, you know. So those are the kinds of issues we're currently dealing with. Yeah, but I know then, for our. I, go ahead. Go ahead. Go no, ahead, go Kathy. ahead. <laughs> no, I'm just going. I was just going to say that. Uh, um, that the karmas are usually in our relationships, and that's how we can identify it. And see, a, a lot of people uh, look at our relationships, like especially if there's something wrong, something whether you're unhappy in the relationship or there's no communication or whatever. And uh, our tendency is to blame the other person, like, okay, that, that they're doing this to me. But really, it's a chance to look at yourself. Like I always say, if you're having problems in your relationship, you ask yourself what you're learning about yourself in this situation. And uh, and that's the way to work through the karma that you need to. Yeah, and I, I think that's an important point to remind people that we do have to inquire when things are not you know, going the way we would like them to, to see what we have to do with it on a personal mm-hmm. level because we always right. do have something to do with it, don't we? We do. Well, that's right. And so, but you know, it's interesting because you can choose your karma. So sometimes you don't have to be there. So if you're in some difficult situation, you can actually say, okay, I don't need this and walk away from it. And if that's, so sometimes that's the lesson is just literally to walk away from a, a bad situation because if if that's not the lesson, then it will reoccur. Yeah. Nature will organize circumstances so that 
you know, a year or two later, you'll be right back in the same situation. It might be a different person or a different town or whatever, but there it'll be, the same issue. And so at some point the light will go off. No, it's not about, you know, dodging this. It's about working mm-hmm. through it and figuring out what I need to learn. Mm-hmm. Okay, let us let us use this moment now because we, we, we've so many questions to ask and so many subjects to cover that I, I'm afraid we may not get it all into the time allotted to us here. But we want mm-hmm. to get your website announced to people, how they'll be able to contact you, Kathleen, and how they'll be able to order your book. Can you go ahead and give us that? Yes, my website is uh, KathleenRoss.com. It's uh, K-A-T-H-L-E-E-N-R-O-S-S.com. And uh, you can order the book through the website or uh, also through Amazon. Now, um, I know that it's available through Amazon.com and Amazon.ca. I'm not sure about the Amazon UK. I think it is. So, um, yeah, usually they're, they propagate yeah, right across yeah, all yeah. the different countries. Yeah. Right, right. So okay, uh, that's, so that's the easiest. Excellent. Okay, now I did ask uh, Harold earlier on about the past lives that you remembered being a king and a doctor and that kind of thing and the impact it has on him choosing the profession of being a a lawyer today. I want to ask you a similar type of question because I noticed from your bio, Kathleen, that you're an intuitive counselor, you read the tarot Mm -hmm. cards, you're into past Mm -hmm. life regression, you do shamanic Mm -hmm. healing and you're herbalist and so on. Do you think Mm -hmm. that you practiced any of those professions or all of those professions in those past lives? Oh, I would say so. Uh, the past life regression, probably not. <laughs> but uh, I was a shaman uh, or medicine man in a few lifetimes. And uh, also I read the tarot or became familiar with the tarot in uh, past life. So, uh, and I think that when you, in this lifetime, you will often pick up or recognize things that you've been interested in past lives. And uh, like a, a lot of, you know, you don't realize at the time that that's what's happening. But uh, once you get into it, you, it seems very familiar to you and uh, it just becomes a natural thing that you gravitate yes. towards these things. So do you think it's fair to say that if somebody is particularly good at something or they have a a love for something, that it's because they have uh, experienced that from past lives? I I do believe that. I really do believe that. Absolutely. Uh, And the same with why people are attracted to different places. You know, somebody would say, well, I, I love Arizona or I love, you know, Italy. And, you know, why does one person love Italy and the next person, like I say, love Hawaii? It's because that's where they've been before. So you can, you know, we're attracted to places that that resonate with us. Yeah. I talk about in the book, sorry, I talk about in the book about um, the Tay River Bridge disaster, about that my ex-husband had had recurring nightmares of of, uh, train crashes. And uh, and then we went over there and found the list of passengers that had been killed on that train, and I was one of them. So um, you know, it's it's very interesting that and mm-hmm. and Scotland is a place that I 
always wanted to visit and uh, felt very at home when I was mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I want to ask you about suicide because mm. it's 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 really in this country and we're we're broadcasting from Ireland at the moment. The suicide rate is off the charts, and I believe mm. it's climbing and climbing alarmingly oh, in lots of other countries. Yeah. Do you think, in in terms of looking at suicide from that past life perspective, do you think that somebody may have committed suicide in a past life before and they're reenacting that in some way? Or what do you think is going on there? I think, because uh, suicide was an issue with me in a, several lifetimes too, and I just think that... Uh, because this planet is going through so much right now and a lot of people don't have the ability to work through their stuff. It's just overwhelming. And uh, and I don't think that it's something that can truly be judged. The only person that can judge that is the person that has done it or is about to do it. And uh, I, I just think that it's uh, overwhelming, over you know people are just overwhelmed with uh what's going on right now and in their lives and on the planet and uh and it could be that a pattern as it was in with me but i realize um uh through my experiences in this lifetime i have learned to really appreciate my life and i know that that would never happen again for me and i think that that that's probably the lesson to be learned with is, uh, you know, that this life is really, really precious and, uh, you know, learning to appreciate it and to love life is a huge thing. And and it's a huge thing towards your evolution. Right. So so because Ahanu and brought up this time period, you know, how do you both uh, look at this time period? Because... You know, there's so much going on around 2012 and uh, the frequencies increasing on the planet. So do you both mm. see that happening? Do you both, are you online with that or what do you both think? What do you think, Kathy? <laughs> <laughs> no, I believe that, that we're going through a transition. But I don't believe it's the end of the world. <laughs> like, if you know Brian Weiss, Dr. Brian Weiss, he does, sure. uh, yep. yeah, yeah. And um, I went to a lecture with him, and uh, he actually progresses people into their future lives. And he says that anyone that he's progressed into a future life has, uh, I think maybe he's progressed people 200 years from now, and we're still here. They're still alive. He said there's less people on the planet, but we're still here. So I don't think it's the end of the world, but I think there's a huge transition happening. Absolutely. And I think there's a transition happening as well. I don't think that the world is going to end by any stretch of imagination. I think the world is actually getting better. I don't understand people. I mean, some people are so overwhelmed that they're quite negative, and you read sites, and people are very sort of pessimistic about where the world is going. I don't harbor that view at all. I actually think that the world is transitioning to a, a kinder, gentler world. I mean, things are getting better. It's not We're not there yet, but we're going to be there. I mean, on spiritually, I think that the world is transitioning from a Western spiritual perspective to an Eastern spiritual perspective. And the idea of of reincarnation, which is what we've been talking about, um, 
the idea that that is something new or novel, well, that's going to become passe. I mean, nobody is even going to, it's going to be accepted as a part of Western culture that the fact of reincarnation. That's part of the transition we're making. Yes, and as as PMers uh, as well, uh, we were always taught by uh, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi that we're on the verge of the Age of Enlightenment. And so we're actually, the consciousness is raising on the earth. Right. And eventually it, it will all be for the better. Well, that's certainly a lot of the information that I do get. And I'm uh, in the records and people are asking very spiritual questions, which which my book is based on. It's all spiritual questions. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I don't believe the world will end either. I actually have seen the same thing, that the world continues with less people on it. So mm-hmm. it does look like there is a bit of a, you know, a cleansing going on in this whole process. But um, mm-hmm. certainly, I see it all as a as a process and not not an overnight event, if you will. You know, yeah. right? Yes. Okay. Now, if uh, anybody would like to call in in the last few minutes, we have we have eight zero five two nine two zero three four nine is our number, and we're speaking to Kathleen Ross and Harold Wright about bound by destiny and if anybody wants to contact Kathleen you can get her on KathleenRoss.com now Kathleen I want to ask you specifically about the actual writing of the book we've had several authors on our show over the last several months and a lot of them have a, a comfortable natural writing skill and I'm asking this in the light of past lives. Do you feel mm-hmm. that you've written in your past lives, or have you had to learn to write? Because you certainly are a skillful writer, and your your chapters and your stories of the various uh, various past lives are gripping. Did you have to learn that skill? Uh, well, it's partly yes and partly no. <laughs> um, I I do believe that I did write in a, a past life. But uh, I didn't wasn't a professional writer. Um, in this lifetime, I studied journalism and I did write for several newspapers, and I did have a column um, called "Off the Beaten Track," <laughs> and uh, which was kind of like a, a column about my family when I when my kids were younger. And uh, so I, I kind of developed a style through all of that. And so I did. I did study it, and I did uh, have a natural talent, both. So um, that's how I can answer that question. Oddly enough, Hal's the one that was a journalist in in his most recent past life, <laughs> and he is quite, as you know, with the journal entries in the book, that he's uh, quite a good writer as well. The challenge for a man is to write from the heart rather than from the head. Mm-hmm. Well, I know my book was a little easier because it was just transcripts from my <laughs> from my right. group sessions. It was, it's more of a reporting uh, that goes on. But Ahana was in the process of writing a book, also. I just have to keep after him because he gets mm-hmm. sidetracked with so many other duties. But it I do is want to a ask, real discipline. <laughs> it, it's it really a real is. discipline. I do want to ask the two of you because uh, we are coming down to the wire, and I want to give you mm-hmm. both a chance. Uh, to respond that what's the the best thing or the greatest thing that you think our listeners need to know from the two of you 
either about the book or about your journey or the whole process of soulmates or whatever you think is the most important lesson? I think that uh, the most important lesson is to know yourself and and to find self-love. Because when you find self-love, then you're going to reflect that to the rest of the world. And uh, if you're looking for your soulmate, that has to come first. The self-love comes first, and then you attract that from other people. And uh, I think that's really important. And I think the uh, uh, practice of meditation, I would recommend TM, but if uh, you know if that's not possible, then uh, any form of meditation will help you to uh, grow spiritually and, and evolve in your consciousness. Yeah, and I, excuse me, I would simply add that from my perspective, the message of the book is is the value of authenticity mm. and to listen to that inner voice as opposed to the external cues. Because if you do that, and again, Kathy says, love yourself, it's really taking steps so that you can hear that inner voice. And what do you need to do to hear that inner voice as clearly as possible? And again, that can involve simply, you know, having a silent time every day, uh, a time for prayer, a time to connect with yourself every day. Um, like I say, trying to move away from bad habits if you can gently so that you're not smoking and drinking because those kinds of bad habits will obscure your ability to hear that inner voice. Which that will is again very true. Yeah. Okay. We think we've lost them again. <laughs> they go and they I think you don't want to do, do you find the same thing? Sorry, we didn't we we yeah, dropped sorry, you for please. a few minutes. Yes, uh, and this is what we're finding. Where our our uh, listeners are commenting on the chat line and through text in various ways to say to us that uh, we're skipping in and out. So I don't want to mm-hmm. to I don't want to let let us wrap up now. But before you go, let me just give a, a quick summary of what we've discussed today. We've been speaking with Kathleen Ross and Harold Wright uh, about. The Bound by Destiny, Kathleen's fabulous book. We encourage everybody to get a copy of it. You can get it on Amazon.com or from her website, KathleenRoss.com. That's KathleenRoss.com. Now, we've spoke about how you constructed the book, uh, the various lifetimes that you went through, the format that it took. We spoke about the uh, Transcendental Meditation Program, the TMCD program, those advanced techniques, and how that helped you to actually remember these lifetimes. We discussed whether it was fact or fiction uh, or a little merger of both. We went into how you actually remember those past lives and how you were able to corroborate them between you and the travels that you made to Scotland and so on and, and uncovered those past lives. We spoke about karma and how it impacts us in this life and on into our future lives and how we can affect it. We spoke about the professions we have today and how we may indeed have been uh, in those professions or interested in those professions in a past life. We spoke about your spirit guide Ezekiel and how he puts a little chapter at the beginning, or not chapter, I'm sorry, a little paragraph at the beginning of each of your chapters, which is rather fascinating. And then the theme that seemed to be coming 
true in our discussion today was the necessity to be true to yourself no matter what's going on in your relationships always always look to that quality of being true to yourselves and then we did a, a short discussion on suicide and how that has uh, may have impact from life to life and it helps throw another little bit of light on that sad subject and we then we talked a little bit about 2012 and what's going on and for people not to go into despair with bad news and that indeed we may be looking at good news instead so let us wrap it up at that uh, Kathleen and Harold and let us say mm-hmm. a profound thank you indeed for being with us today well, thank oh, you so much it's been a pleasure thank yeah. you yeah, and I, I wish you well Kathleen with your, your health issues and um, oh. I hope that you, you heal the way you hope to heal and thank you thank you so much and um, I'm certain we'll be in contact we have a lot in common and, yeah. um, we'll, Very good. We'll be talking. Okay. Bye bye. Okay. okay. Thanks, Thanks so much. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you and bye bye. Now that was Kathleen Ross and Harold Wright on their book Bound by Destiny. You're listening to Angel Rose and Ahanu on the Honest to God series as we wind down for this week. We do want to mention to you that uh, Kathleen's book can be bought from Amazon.com or KathleenRoss.com. Now, we mentioned at the beginning of the program about Angel Rose's book, A Time of Change. Info. That's where you can actually pre order it. It's due for release at the end of September, and you can get it at a better price from this website, A Time of Change. Info, than you will when it's launched. We also mentioned at the beginning of the program about the new. Um, eight Steps to Freedom series that we have developed and you can find out more information about that on ahanu.com forward slash eight steps to freedom that's hyphenated eight hyphen steps and so on eight steps to freedom so we would really appreciate if you go to that website and sign up there you will find it absolutely fascinating yes and uh, this program this eight month series is uh, guided by spirit through my beloved Ahanu. So you have to know it's going to be a real mind blower uh, since this is really the first time he's actually come out with it. And I'm just so delighted to see that. So I'm going to sign off now to Ahanu. This has been a wonderful show. We look forward to our listeners returning next week. And uh haven't got that planned yet, but I'm sure it'll be interesting. And in the last few moments, I'd like to mention to you that uh, when Angel Rose speaks about being guided by spirit, it was something that actually uh, originated with uh, the uh, Spirit of Love project. We were walking in the beautiful Wicklow Mountains one day and got a very, very clear download from spirit that we had to start the Spirit of Love project. And what it is, it's where I will actually paint the spirit of love inside a person. You don't have to physically sit with me. You don't have to be in my presence, but I do need your permission and your full name. And I tune into the vibration of you, but I look for that spark of God, that spark of divinity, that spark of love that's inside you. And I paint it, I represent it on paper for you. Now, one of the beautiful things that happens after that is that I have had my wonderful programmer's son develop a 
a little piece of software where I'm able to put those pictures online, but they rotate around the earth and they form a virtual shield of love around the earth and this you have to see it's on ahanu.com that's a-h-o-n-u.com forward slash spirit of love and spirit of love is all one word so it's ahanu.com forward slash spirit of love go there take a look at that carousel of all the people who have had their spirit of love pictures painted by me and are forming that beautiful shield of love around the earth and if you're interested in having one done you can also order one from that same page ahanu.com forward slash spirit of love well now i want to thank everybody for listening it's been an absolutely wonderful show speaking with Kathleen. Ross and Harold write about their book Bound by Destiny and the whole concept of past lives and how they impact us today and what we do today impacts on our future. So the theme of the whole thing is stay true to yourself, listen to that inner guidance, really, really be discerning about who you're taking your advice from and who you're listening to and go vertical as we say, go vertical.